I'm still convinced that you're going to have a moment where your kids are going to come in the background, just like that BBC video. Welcome to Touchpoint, a podcast dedicated to discussions on digital marketing and digital patient engagement strategies for hospitals, health systems, and physician practices. In this podcast, we'll dive deep into a variety of topics on the digital tools, solutions, strategies, and processes that are impacting our industry today. We hope to share a lot of great information and have a little fun along the way. I am your host, Chris Boyer, and today I am joined once again by my co-host and dear friend, Reed Smith. Hey, Reed. How's it going? Not too bad today. Not too bad. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, it's a good day. You've made it through South by Southwest. I survived, made it through South by Southwest, ended a couple of days ago, a couple of days ago as we're recording this, I should say. Um, so yeah, yeah, South by was great. Uh, a little bit of rain, but not too terribly bad. And I uh, got to see a lot of good folks, a lot of good panel sessions, talks, insights. Um, yeah, it was great. Well, we definitely promised our audience to do uh, in sort of an analysis of what you learned at South by. So maybe our next podcast, we'll, we'll do a, like, kind of a little deeper dive on that. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good. Yeah, we could definitely do that. Maybe even touch on some of the other uh, more healthcare specific conferences and uh, kind of the ins and outs and who goes to what and, you know, all that kind of good stuff. So it'd be good. Well, today we have actually a topic that's one that I've been very, very involved with and close to all of my professional career, and I'm sure you have too. Uh, We're going to look into the digital department structure, how hospitals and health systems are actually structuring and organizing their digital department. Yeah, that'd be interesting because I think, you know, not to, well, maybe just to go ahead and jump in, but, you know, there are a lot of folks that don't have a digital department. There are a lot of folks that have a digital team member. Uh, there are a lot of folks that don't even have a digital team member, but do digital activities. So I think, you know, uh, don't get turned off by the idea that like, well, I don't have a department to structure. Um, I think there's uh, going to be some different things we'll touch on that are relevant to all. That's right. When we think of a digital department, really what we're looking at is not just people, or maybe people organized differently. We're going to talk about, you know, the different, tools, the different things that they're responsible for, and even look at different models that have a distributed approach or what have you. I think that in my experience, there's a lot of different hospitals that are approaching digital in different ways. Sometimes, you know, it can't, comes organically. They add a digital marketing person to the marketing team, but they may still have people doing social media under the PR and communication side of the house. We have content teams that are already there that have been doing content for brochures and things like that. But now that they're approaching digital, these content teams are now starting to create content for emails, for websites, that sort of thing. Okay, so let's talk about that for just a second. So something very, very simple, or something, maybe not simple, but something that folks have done for a while, uh, social media. Now, that may be a defined or dedicated team member. It may just be part of someone's job, but 
where do you see that for the most part uh, as far as, you know, wh- where does that fall within the organization, the idea of social media? Who owns that? Most hospitals I know, they actually have social media structured under communications as a PR capability. Uh, and, I th- and I think that makes sense, right, from where social media initially started as, as being a, a particular type of communication function, plus the audiences of social media ten- sometimes tend to be uh, not only the community, but media as well as in uh, the employees of the hospital organization. Yeah, I think so. This is where it gets, you know, every every hospital marketing communications department is a snowflake. Like there's no two of them are the same. I, I do see the social media function fall under PR communications, public affairs, whatever that organization calls it. But I see that more along the lines of, in a lot of cases at least, the reactive side and then a way to distribute earned media opportunities. So they're the ones that are determining how do we respond to people around you know negative comments, for example. It's not only negative comments, but negative comments. What does that response look and sound like? And then hey, we're doing all these activities that end up on the news. Uh, therefore, we're getting a lot of URLs of like, hey, we had this story end up on this thing. Can we push this out on social media? And then marketing is is all the proactive and more of the ad-related boost a post, those types of things that they're pushing out proactively, plus the things that they would like promoted, job fairs, patient acquisition strategies using social uh, you know, like the health risk assessment tools and, you know, things like that. And then I think what gets lost in there a little bit is just the overall strategy. So you've got people owning different parts of the pie. And that's why I think it would be interesting for folks to consider a digital department. And you're not even taking into account to read, you know, like the foundation may have their own social media presence to do fundraising. It's really interesting. Social media almost became the domino that kind of tipped the scale at organizations to start to think about digital in a different way. Traditionally, it was when I started in, in the space many years ago, the website was dedicated to the marketing team, the public facing website, the internal website, the intranet was dedicated to the IT department with the internal communications team sometimes putting information on it. And then social media was dedicated to the sort of the PR functions. And then every all these other departments had potentially started dipping their toes in social media. Like, again, social media being so different than any other type of communication medium, people in the community started using social media in ways that were not quite aligned to where that was organized. So we talked first about negative comments. Negative comments could be a PR function if you're talking about a crisis. But suddenly the social media team had to develop strong relationships with the patient advocates because sometimes that was feedback on their care. And that, in a domino effect, started to become more involved now with patient experience. And then we saw that, oh, marketing wanted an opportunity to start show, you know, uh, promoting things through these channels. And you know, four or five years ago, they could do it organically. Now it's become social media is no longer a free medium, right? You have to basically pay to play. And so now there's the advertising component of it. Social media is just one tool. I would argue that all of the digital tools 
that are at an organization now are following suit in that the users of these tools start to bleed together and digital becomes more of a malleable thing. So to that point, then there's a couple of different things from a technology standpoint. And these things might reside in ITNS or maybe historically did, maybe public affairs, public relations, maybe marketing, maybe strategic planning. You know, there, there's a lot of different places this, this could reside. So you look at things like your content management system, CRM, marketing automation. You've got some social media management systems or tools like a, you know, like a HubSpot, you know, all the way from, from free up to, you know, paid things like Shoutlet, Sprout, Spreadfast, you know, et cetera. You mentioned the foundation or a philanthropy side of the organization. Then you've got the patient portal, which probably resides uh, with ITNS uh, for the most part, as far as functionality goes. If something's wrong with it, who's going to fix it kind of a deal. Electronic health records. Oh, what else am I missing? You know, some, some research tools, analytic tools that potentially feed into here. There's lots and lots of, uh, I guess, smaller components that someone has to own. Yeah, let's face it. I mean, digital is becoming complex, right? And the users of the tools, the, the different audiences you're reaching out to, patients and family members and caregivers, all the way through to healthcare providers, they're using these tools in a very fluid way. And when organizations have built up their departments or the people that are managing these tools in a siloed approach, which is very organic and natural, what it's suddenly doing to us now in this day and age is that we're looking at our digital department as a separate department, perhaps, or as a separate entity, so that you could actually start to manage this. And think about this too, right? In the last two or three years, or the last five years, how many new digital tools are coming on the market? We weren't talking about social media really actively until about 10 years ago. What about all these new tools, wearables? Where do they fit? You know, mobile health, how does that fit? And the traditional way that most organizations, hospitals and health systems approach this is they'll find a department and they'll say, you're now responsible for this technology. Some organizations out there that are big enough, they're taking into account the startup world. How do we as an organization engage with different startups out there that may can help alleviate, fix, you know, some of our problems uh, or opportunities or the fact that this is becoming very complex. And so they've started a whole innovation center. So where does that fit? You know, and so obviously there are people that are running those initiatives, but how does that make its way back within the organization? How do the things that come from those activities become part of the digital team, the digital world, you know, on, on a daily basis. So if I am the director of digital, the vice president of digital, the AVP of digital, you know, whatever, depending on the, the size organization that I'm in, who do I report to? Yeah, that's the million dollar question, I think. Because of the complexity of digital nowadays, we have to start thinking about this a little differently. Now, I see some systems are pulling together committees of like-minded people that are meeting on a regular basis across marketing, across um, mobile health, what have you. That presents its own challenges. And then other organizations are deciding to structure everything digital under a chief digital officer, one that's in the C-suite occasionally, and that chief digital officer is responsible for all things digital. And that presents its own unique challenges because imagine the type of caliber of people and the widespread knowledge that this 
single digital department must have. Not to mention that it continues to perpetuate the silo mentality that many organizations have. Matter of fact, I met at South by Southwest. We mentioned that earlier. I met the uh, chief digital officer uh, for a large system here in Texas. Um, And a lot of what he was talking about was telemedicine. How do we deliver care differently? And so, you know, now we're pretty far outside the realm of marketing communications. The overlap of where some of these things uh, reside is, is pretty interesting. And so there are still folks within the organization that have the more traditional role. It's just that digital has amplified and expanded what we can do as an organization, both from a communication side, but also from a clinical standpoint. Yeah, well, maybe we should leave it with this. My uh, good friend and colleague, Chris Bevelo, often says that the whole name of digital marketing is sort of a misnomer in that digital is a focus of what you are trying to do. So you should just be a marketer that understands digital. You should be clinical and understand digital. You should be able to address patient access and also understand digital. Digital in and of itself in the future state should not be something that's its own unique thing. But in our day and age today, we still need those experts that are going to be dedicated to understanding the breadth of digital. What, 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 what is news? All right, so this is the segment called What's News, and we have an article today, Reed, that um, I thought that we could talk about, and uh, it's entitled, How to Structure Your Digital Team, 15 Critical Roles. Most folks I work with only have 15 people in their marketing staff, much less 15 people in a digital specific role. Now, obviously, you can collapse a number of these things together, uh, which we'll kind of go through, but they've got it broken out into kind of three main categories, which is the digital business team, the digital technology team, and the extended business team. Well, let's not get confused that it's 15 people, right? These are roles. And there's a big difference between what your role is versus uh, and staffing that with one person. And also, as we talked about in the first segment, that digital is becoming much more spread across the enterprise. And so we could talk about, should it be a separate digital role? And what about that extended role? Who else is going to be doing this? First of all, the author of the article, Howard Tiersky from CMS Wire, he writes that because of the complexity of large enterprises, global brands, people undertaking digital transformation, structuring their team is is a problem when they're trying to figure out the optimal way to organize the roles and responsibilities, which part of the organization should own each capability and how does everyone start to work together, which we would, we would probably agree that this is the challenge that hospitals are facing. Sure. So the first part of the team here is uh, the digital business team. So what I'll do is I'll go through the uh, five people that they list here. Again, I said five people, but the five roles that they list here, and we could talk about what those are. The first is what they call the digital business vision owner, the person who is responsible for key business measures and objectives of the digital properties, including target market segmentation and objectives. The visioner, 
of where the organization and what digital tools should be there. I call that like a digital strategist, right? The person that understands sort of the broad spectrum of digital and can help to understand how do these things apply. Should the vision owner not be the person heading up marketing communications for the organization? I mean, they should set the pace to some degree. Absolutely, I agree. But you do need, in this case, you do need someone that also understands the digital tools and how the digital tools work. I sometimes refer to that as like understanding the breadth and the depth, right? The marketing director or the chief marketing officer or what have you should understand the breadth of what they're trying to accomplish from a strategy perspective. But you need someone that also can understand the depth of the tools. Uh, it, it, it may be difficult to have a person that has the understanding of both. Or they may fall down the common trap, which I call the shiny object syndrome. You know, they go to the marketing officer goes to a conference and comes back and says, we all should do Snapchat because that's what everybody's doing. Then you have two roles, product management that owns the product on a day-to-day basis. And in this case, product is a little different when we talk about healthcare. This is obviously talking about retail, but maintains product roadmap in terms of business vision, You know, understanding exactly what, what the different products are. I would argue that, that those are the distributed business units across the hospital. Then you have program management. Those are people that are responsible for you know, making sure the trains run on time. And I, th- and I really I really can't understate the importance of a program manager. Then you have a user interface, user experience person, which I am so pleased that they actually indicate this. They're responsible for the overall look and feel of the digital product. But what their job is, is to really carry forward the user's needs first. And then lastly, content development, non-campaign and non-marketing, as well as editorial content for all of the different digital channels. If you look at those five, you got the vision owner, uh, product management, program management, UI, UX, and content. Uh, I think you can collapse some of that. I think if you've got product managers, which we talked about being potentially the service lines, business units, whatever it is within the within the organization, I think that's also where the content development could potentially reside because that's the con- that's where the content's going to come from. There are overarching messages and things like that that come down through the organization, but in a lot of cases, when you start talking about, you know, we need content from a child life specialist, I think you could kind of group that into a particular role. I think the UI UX piece, I like the fact that it's there. I think it probably includes some of the more technology related components. And then program manager, you know, keeping, keeping stuff on track is important uh, because all of a sudden you're three meetings later, you know, which is like six weeks down the road and, and you're not any closer to actually doing anything than you were at the first meeting. So I think that's really important. That's probably where many organizations look at uh, when they're building out the structure of their digital department. They're probably thinking of that. The second component of this is where they're talking about the digital technology team. Now, this is where a lot of times organizations outsource, or maybe they are using people, but a lot of this is outsourced through vendors and partners. So here's, here's they get into like front-end developers, uh, back-end developers, people that manage the data, the data models, ma- making sure that the data is flowing in and out through like CRM and, and enterprise data warehouses and those sorts of things. And that 
that's a whole, well, we talked about that in our previous podcast. Infrastructure, where we look at continuity, the people that are making sure that, you know, that the hardware doesn't fail, making sure the servers don't go down, that sort of thing. And then quality assurance, people that ensure that things are working the right way from a digital perspective. Monitoring site metrics to identify problems, looking at server load balancing, that sort of thing. So some of this is, in a lot of cases, and maybe rightfully so, uh, depending on the organization, again, everybody's a little bit different. Uh, outsourced, for lack of a better word, so front and back end development. Do you want to be an expert in those things? Do you want to be spending your time? If you got a defined number of FTEs that your organization is willing to fund, do you put it in front and back end development? Probably not. You know, there's probably other places that allow you know, allow for you to you know create more value for the organization. You know, I think the data piece, you know, the marketing scientist piece, you know, whatever it may be. We've talked about CRM on a previous podcast, for example, but somebody that can understand the data and can work with ITNS, can work with quality, uh, can work with different folks within the organization to really make sure that the predefined KPIs that the said visionist has come up with are being met and that there's some sort of, you know, Helping and and making sure that we're on track, you know, is is important. I think in most cases the infrastructure and even the QA piece in a lot of cases is probably going to reside either in an outsourced environment or with ITNS for the most part. And you know what's interesting when we get to the data piece too, right? That's where I, why I see a lot of organizations where marketing communications is now being structurally aligned with strategic planning because data is becoming an important part. And so I think that the the strategic planning department has traditionally operated in that role. And so we see more and more alignment there. So let's talk about the extent of the last part, which is the extended business team. Yes. Now this is where we this is where it's it becomes not necessarily these five people are not necessarily part of the digital department in most organizations. They talk about people that are responsible for marketing, people responsible for product and pricing in hospitals and health systems. Product and pricing becomes very important. Strategic planning has traditionally taken that role. Maybe operations has taken that role. I think that that becomes more and more the nomenclature that we're using now in hospitals and health systems. Operations is a big part of this. In hospitals and health systems, operations are the people that do patient access, the people responsible for the clinical care, the nurses inputting information into the patient record, business development, which in our space is sometimes called physician liaisons, right? For the physician outreach, right? Um, making sure that partnerships um, are are seeing value and that we're we're ensuring that business is coming in. And then lastly, customer support. So I think, you know, from a marketing standpoint, we touched on this earlier that, you know, there, there shouldn't be as much of a defining line, but there is. Obviously, that's probably the easiest one to work with because you're probably physically officing with these people in a lot of cases. And then obviously, you're in a lot of the same meetings because of the emphasis on digital you know, product and pricing. That, that's a tough one. Obviously, from a pricing standpoint, that's not something in healthcare, specifically in hospitals, that we're going to weigh in on much. A product standpoint, I think, you know, continue to work with the service line directors uh, some of the administration and then customer support, you know, some of that is going to be working with the risk managers to see if thematically what's coming in from a reputation management standpoint online matches up with what they're hearing in the facilities, in person, letters they get, you know, stuff like that. So, 
So while, while, I mean, 15 roles seems like a big when we started here, it actually makes sense, right, for our system. We just have to kind of look at how would that actually work? Does that, are those people actually staffed under a digital department or are they distributed, are these roles and responsibilities distributed over people? I think ultimately the author says, and I think this makes a lot of sense, is that once you identify these key roles and ensure they're represented in your digital presence, making sure they function together will ensure that your digital first business model will, will move forward. Touch point, touch counterpoint. There are two sides to every story. Ready, fight! All right, here we are at the ever-popular Touchpoint, Touch-Counterpoint, slash Touchpoint, Counter-Touchpoint. We probably ought to land land on a name for this. I know it's my fault. I'm the one that brought up the, like, you know, does the name make sense part. But in any case, uh, here we are. And, uh, of course, today we're talking about the digital department or structure of said digital department. Today we are talking about... Should there be a separate or defined part of the organization that is focused solely on digital or should that be just what we do? You know, should that be part of marketing and communications and not be held out as a separate department, so to speak? Well, Reed, I think I'll take the side on it should be completely integrated. We should completely integrate digital across the enterprise. And the reason why is that, as we alluded to throughout uh, this conversation today, organizations, hospital organizations, they do not have the bandwidth and the resources to dedicate people that are uniquely working on digital. Digital should be part of everything that we do. And so what we should do is instead of trying to carve out another silo, making sure that we bring people in or bring people up to speed on the digital tools and distribute those functions across marketing, communications, foundation, whatever. It's more efficient. Maybe in the future. Uh, I don't know yet, though, that we can get there. And and here's what I mean by that is I'm afraid if we don't have a digital department by name, if it's not defined, then it's just going to kind of disappear. And no one's going to be in charge of pushing that initiative forward unless it's specifically carved out. Perhaps that's true if you make if you're not ensuring that the employees that are running marketing and communications and foundation and others are well versed in digital, which they should be. Quite frankly, people won't forget these tools because this is the way that our audiences are engaging with us. If you hire your staff and you bring in the right people in marketing communications, they're not going to forget them. They're going to actually be utilizing them and expanding on them because they'll know their customer that much better. Yeah, I mean, in an ideal world, but that's not where we live right now. You've got so many people going so many different directions and bandwidth is already at a minimum. If it's like who is going to do this thing, then everybody's going to assume that somebody that's on somebody else. Unless you actually have someone defined and set up to triage, take, and manage that, and there's no way that that's going to happen in the world of hospitals unless it's physically in somebody's title. 
I agree to disagree on that point because quite honestly, who knows marketing better than the marketing team? Who knows communications better than the communication team? Who knows fundraising better than foundation? These organizations are built with that expertise and they know how to leverage and optimize these channels the most to address their specific business challenges. You don't need to put titles in their names in order for them to do it right. If they're doing their jobs right, then they can utilize these tools. That's true. However, again, the folks that work in hospitals have always worked in hospitals and have worked in hospitals for a long time. You've got to have something very defined from an outward facing standpoint so that the folks in quality, the folks in ITNS, the folks in a clinical role administration, Whatever it may be, the foundation, outside organizations even, there's got to be something defined in a way that everybody goes, aha, that's the person in charge of this. That's who's accountable. I, I get your point about trying to put, make someone responsible, but my, my concern about that is we're just creating more silos. And why are we trying to perpetuate a siloistic model of the way our, our digital should be handled at the organization? What you're doing is you're, you're causing more of, once you give someone responsibility, what they're going to do is their little fiefdom. They're going to manage it like their own little king, and suddenly it's not going to serve the rest of the organization. Yeah, I mean, potentially. But I still think... If someone wants to know why there's not an ad in the phone book anymore, who are they going to go to? Well, they're going to go to the marketing and communications department. And so they're going to end up getting overwhelmed with stuff they've historically uh, been in charge of. And digital's not going to be able to make the inroads that it needs to make. So you still you have to have somebody in charge. Well, if you really are desiring to have someone in charge of digital, why don't you just hire someone right out of college because they know how to use social media the best and then we'll be done with it. It's an excellent idea. (laughs) (laughs) I actually, I'm actually more in alignment with what you were saying, Reed, although I think that the ideal state is to align. I think there's probably like a short term and long term play here. You know, the short term play is, we need people in these roles. They need to be defined to be in these roles. Um, so they know they've got the runway to work on this. And then everybody else knows that it's a organizational focal point. But to your point, more in a long-term standpoint, we, we need, you know, marketing communications just needs to do marketing and communications. And what percentage that is of digital versus traditional, like we like to talk about it, I don't know. It depends on your market your objectives and things like that. Again, it's not a one size fits all. Yeah, we'll see how this evolves. And hopefully there will be a point in time where we won't have to have a separate department. But I think the reality of the situation is today we do. Okay, welcome back to this segment of the Touchpoint podcast called Ask the Expert. And today I'm very pleased to have an expert in our particular topic, which is around structuring your digital at your hospital. Uh, Someone that I might have mentioned before in episode two when we were talking about the Connect the Docs book. That is my good friend and colleague, uh, Jared Johnson. Jared, welcome to the podcast. 
Chris, it's a delight. Thanks for having me on. Today, we're going to be focusing in on uh, the right way to structure, or I guess our opinions of the right way to structure a digital department within a healthcare organization, a hospital organization. But before we do, it might be good to uh, give a little bit of background of who you are. I'm going to try to control myself and not use my really bad Texas accent, because the fact is I've lived most of my life there spent all my, my formidable years growing up in the Houston area, and I'd been out in uh, the Dallas area for about eight years. But I'm currently in Phoenix, Arizona. I'm the marketing technology manager for Phoenix Children's Hospital. Um, I believe the the full thing, there's analytics in there too somewhere. So uh, marketing technology and analytics. But previous to this, I had my own consulting agency for healthcare and med tech at uh, digital marketing. Uh, before that, I'd spent about 10 years in healthcare uh, and medical device companies. Talk to me a little bit about how you think a digital department, what they should be responsible for. I think the starting point uh, for any digital team is, is marketing and communications that happens using digital platforms. So we've heard for years from the, the foresters and gardeners out there that we need to evolve digital past a tack on or bolt on strategy. Most healthcare organizations uh, that I know uh, literally tacked on a digital person onto the org chart, and that may have grown into a team, you know, or a duo, or uh, managing a an, an agency or a vendor relationship to help with that. And so now we kind of see a, kind of a, an expansion and a growth of different uh, different approaches to it. Kind of that basic ground floor level is. Uh, is having some presence at all, and you might not have all the pieces there connected, but you're definitely looking at uh, your online reputation. You're looking at your, your website, usually as the hub of your marketing activity, uh, the, the destination where you're driving uh, people with your campaigns. Uh, then you have your, your social media uh, that, that comes into play in a lot of different ways. And the second level where some of those pieces are starting to be connected and you've seen maybe by uh, implementing a CRM of, of any sort or ha- having a better content strategy and a content calendar to say, hey, here's how we're driving from social media and an e-blast campaign to the website, for instance, and here's the call to action there. Really the, the third level, kind of the top level of that pyramid are, are those who are the most mature, who are early adopters, who are trying new things out uh, before the you know, the the majority of us are really there. So, I mean, there are so many different approaches to it, but at the end of the day, you know, there's some, those common platforms, the email, the social media, uh, website, and everything kind of related to them. We know that digital is actually much more than marketing and communications. So tell me a little bit about how your team is interacting with, let's say, the clinical side. In healthcare, consumers are just out there begging for someone. I, I'd say most Americans are, are begging for someone to take them by the hand and say, it, let me guide you through this new healthcare landscape. You know, here's uh, here's how you choose a provider. Here's how you uh, diagnose that condition. Here's how you treat it. Here's how you book an appointment. Here's where you park. Uh, those kinds of things. We we still see a lot of organizations not quite there. And so for me, that uh, that's just one example. But the approach itself of what are we actually saying? The digital team, uh, if if they're doing it right has kind of evolved past the, hey, just hand that to the digital person or the digital team and they'll take care of it for you. It's more of a democratizing uh, our, our marketing. And what I mean by that is you know, putting that power in the hands of the people, right? Democratizing your marketing means you've set up your digital marketing team to be more than just a couple of people that are tacked onto the org chart, coming back to that concept. It means that you have trained uh, those power users within the organization, and there are some within every organization who get social media, for instance, 
or get CRM, and you don't have to explain to them the value of it. They're they're just raring to go, and they're they're most likely actually doing that on their own behalf. So those are the ones who can be your advocates within the organization if we just empower them and give, give them the guardrails to say, hey, you know what, for your center of excellence, let, let's set you up on our content calendar and schedule so you know, and, and let's let's get you posting out there. Let's get you listening and engaging or with your, you know, with your followers there. So I think that that whole concept is really just now starting to take shape. And we're, we're kind of seeing some of the early advantages of that uh, just just very recently, uh, but that that whole concept of of not uh, keeping perfect control of our brand, I think, is is relatively new to a lot of marketers. So at Phoenix Children's, you're responsible for the digital department. So tell us a little bit about that. Our marketing and communications uh, team, with more of a focus on the the marketing and engagement piece. So we've got our brand team with brand managers. Uh, then we have a creative services team. And then uh, the piece I oversee, the technology and analytics team is responsible to, to support the brand and creative services team so they don't have to deal with as much uh, of the questions of, uh, first off, how to actually technically work on uh, one of those platforms, but, but second off, how to use them, how to test, how to innovate, how to test the limits there and help us understand what what's next. So we, we use things that might not be considered traditional uh, marketing tools to actually get this data. Uh, the the one that, that's probably the, the biggest with the most potential for us is our patient data warehouse, which absolutely is not a traditional marketing platform, right? But we are looking at that as the hub of how to interact with our patients. We are definitely taking the stance of as we improve our patients' health, we build their trust in us as a brand, and we consider that improving the patient experience. And we are even looking at our online reputation. Uh, we look at our, our patient satisfaction scores uh, as an aggregate, and we're looking at marketing's impact on patient satisfaction scores uh, just as much as we are on, on uh, patient volume. In some hospitals, uh, digital is part of the marketing communications team, and others, it's part of IT. In your particular instance, where are you aligned organizationally? So this is the marketing technology team. So we are aligned under marketing and communications, and that is a basically a direct, a direct line to our to our senior VP and then to the CEO. We we formally rolled up through uh, our, our strategic planning team, uh, and now it rolls up. All on its own, uh, marketing does. That was deliberate again. It was the fact of we're trying to organizationally get people to understand that they don't have to all go to one or two, or in our case, there were three members of our digital team. Uh, now we're spreading that out to more of those brand managers and our power users within the organization. You know, well, I think when it, when it comes down to it, you know, we we should look at marketing, IT, and clinical leadership all as three legs of that stool, right? And and if you know, one of those legs isn't there. I mean, it's, you know, I don't know where your musical tastes are, but, you know, it's like like a, like a Rush without a Neil Pert, you know, or, a, you know, a Nirvana with no Kurt. You know what I mean? Like, and I think we've, we've seen, we've seen the result of marketing and IT and clinical leadership all trying to address the same problems from, from our own silos for so many years now. And the, and, and I'm talking about the, you know, the, the, the things we all want to solve in healthcare, transparency, patient access, patient engagement, th- those types of things, we've all been addressing them from different silos, right? So I'd say that's one of the biggest challenges that still remains uh, for healthcare marketing, especially with hospitals, is how do we overcome that? 
And a lot of it isn't necessarily what a lot of marketers want to hear, which is, uh, you know, it's time to merge tribes with IT and, and clinicians and figure out where our shared goals are. Another classic uh, marketing dilemma is saying, well, we've, we've, we're trying to create content and our subject matter experts, it might be a physician or it might be, uh, you know, a, a nurse practitioner or it might be someone else on a care team. You know, they just, they're not, we, we told them that we need something from them. They need to write a blog post or, you know, they need to write the story for us and they didn't do it. So we're running out of content. So that's where I would come in and say, hey, are there are there services or platforms or things that can automate or make some of those those pieces easier that at the end of the day, at the end of the day, uh, give us more content? I think we're coming to a tipping point in the next five to seven years where we'll see a critical mass of us seeing the benefits of, of a technology first approach. You know, we, we haven't really dubbed it MarTech in healthcare yet, but I think that's where it's headed. What I mean by that is that what we were just talking about, that three-legged stool, marketing and IT and clinical leadership, we'll, we'll start to see the value of collaborating more often, and we're going to start to see the results of that. We're going to start to see more innovation happening. Uh, I think we're going to understand patient engagement a lot more, especially the, the types of interactions we can have with patients in between their clinic visits. I think we're going to start to see uh, just really what we can do with helping keep patients well in between their visits. And so uh, that that re- that involves a lot of technology. That involves uh, some of the things that, that you have uh, authored in the past, I know, about how to tie your, your EHR maybe as the hub of your patient communications instead of just saying, hey, the doctor's using it, I don't understand it. Well, you already have a hub right there of so much patient data. You know, what can you use from that? Uh, to tie with your your CRM and your automation and and your your website, we we've kind of passed the time where where we we've seen what happens if if you stay conservative and then you know are are, are even more ultra conservative as a healthcare organization. We've seen uh, what happens to you. You're you're getting left behind. So I would say uh, being conservative, you know, you're going to have a certain uh, life expectancy with with that approach, you know, and explore that idea of democratizing your marketing, you know, explore that, what that would take to get buy-in for having more people trained on how to engage with, with patients and, and your audience and what that truly means. If we look at making healthcare more transparent, more accessible, and less scary for patients, then solutions will start coming. Great conversation, Jared. I've really enjoyed talking to you about this. What's the best way for people to reach out to you? The easiest way is probably on Twitter. I'm at Jared Piano. In a former life, I I, uh, used to play the piano, never full-time, but uh, it's something I still enjoy doing. Uh, So Jared Piano. Uh, then if, if people are interested in, uh, in the book, Connect the Docs, it's a handbook for clinicians to adopt digital health. Uh, so that's at connectthedocsbook.com. Well, Jared, thanks again for participating, being part of the podcast. Thanks for the opportunity, Chris. All right, Reed. Well, we're getting to the end of this uh, episode. Uh, this was an episode where we just scratched the surface on something that will probably be coming back as additional topics in the future. The structure of your digital department. Yeah, because this leads down the path of like, well, what about this and who does that? And should we have one of these? They have one of the, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, good stuff. Good topic, though. It- it was good. And the article, I think, really kind of covered well. Um, when we first went into it, we didn't think that 15 roles 
was realistic, but it sounds like we came to that conclusion at the end. And then, you know, my interview with uh, Jared Johnson over at Phoenix Children's showed some of the things that they're doing there, which is is, uh, really in alignment with some of the ideas that we're talking about. We would love to hear from other people, though. How are you structuring your digital department? What are you doing at your organization? Is it different? Do you have one big, great new big idea? If you do, we want to hear about it. We would be more than happy to kind of feature. Maybe we should even, you know, try to solicit other digital structures just so we can have a discussion about this at a future time. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be great. So what's happening next for you? What is happening next? So next for me, and we've mentioned this on previous podcasts, you can get the link in the show notes, but is a webinar that I'm doing uh, with the Mayo Clinic Social Media Network. It will be on Tuesday March the 28th, Tuesday, March the 28th, and it's uh, the state of digital marketing findings from Texas and what they mean. So this is based off of some of the research that we've done uh, with the Texas Hospital Association and uh, with their members. And so I'll be presenting that and making some correlations that hopefully people can take and go check out and see how uh, how they stack up and what that means for them. So Tuesday... March the 28th, you can find that at socialmedia.mayoclinic.org uh, or check the show notes. Um, and then uh, for us in in early May, we're going to be in Austin together, you and I. Yes, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, be, uh, we'll be recording physically from the same location. Uh, the Forum for uh, Healthcare Strategist annual conference is in Austin this year, so we're using that as an opportunity to sync up. And uh, looks like we may uh, may get the opportunity to also interview some other really smart folks that will also be in attendance. Yeah, it's going to be really great. We're going to be very interactive there. So if you're attending that conference, seek us out. We'd love to do sort of a man on the street interview and uh, talk to you about some digital topics, ideas, thoughts, anything that's kind of picking your brain or, or you know, a challenge that you might have. We'd love to talk to you. We might even do a structured event there where people can come together and maybe as a group we can all do something. So keep, keep an eye out for that. We're really excited about being there, and I'm, I'm excited to go to Austin. And, and actually see you in person. It's been a little bit since I saw you. So recommendations. What do you got? All right. Well, my recommendation is actually one that a lot of people already are aware of. The website Medium, they also have a, uh, a so an, an app, but I am just a becoming a big, big, rabid fan of Medium. Medium is a blogging platform where a lot of people attribute articles to. It's a community where people can create their own Medium accounts and blog the editors at Medium actually do a really good job of aggregating content, pulling things together. The one thing I found is that, uh, uh, first of all, they're a big fan of long-form content, which I think has been something that we've been neglecting as an industry. We've been moving more and more towards the 140-character messages. I love these articles because they're long. They go into to details. The types of authors are very diverse. And what's really interesting is, is that there's a huge subculture of people talking about hospitals, healthcare, and how to change the healthcare delivery system 
on Medium, and it's just it's becoming really a, a, a very valuable resource for me. So Medium.com, you guys, if you haven't seen it, many of you probably have, but I definitely would uh, log on there and actually you know get get updates from the the site directly. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. It's a very very slick, very well put together platform. My recommendation, I recommended a microphone last week, which is one that Chris and I both use. Uh, you can go check out the site if you're interested in that. I'm going to recommend another microphone uh, this week. Uh, so uh, I will not be recommending a microphone next week, however. So this week I'm, I'm recommending, uh, of course we mentioned I was at South by Southwest. Uh, they have a trade show floor. Uh, was able to spend a little bit of time and actually uh, went by the uh, Shure booth. So S-H-U-R-E, Shure Microphones. Very well known, been around um, lots and lots of years. Uh, but they have recently put together a microphone built for iOS devices. Uh, and it is the MV88. So it's the Shure Microphones MV88. And it just has a little, um, there's no cables or anything like that. It just connects directly to your lightning connector on your iPad or your iPhone amazing microphone. I used it to uh, record our interview that we did with Dr. Brian Vardabedian from South by Southwest. And so as loud as that trade show floor was, I uh, did a great job of, uh, you can still hear the background noise, of course, but picking up the subjects that were right there by the microphone, lots of different settings. You know, it's what is considered a condenser microphone that people use to record both in studios and in things like that. So several different settings is a free app that goes along with it that allows for a lot of customization. Uh, really cool little microphone, and we'll uh, we'll put a link to it in the show notes. Yeah, Reed, I have to say we uh, we used the the recording that you did at South by Southwest on that microphone in the last podcast, and I did nothing to that recording. I didn't have to do any kind of editing or taking out the background noise. That thing came through loud and clear, and it actually created a nice ambiance, I think. You even said there was someone playing a guitar right next to you? Yeah, there was somebody playing a guitar probably less than three feet away from me the entire time we were doing that interview. Well, we're going to be using those microphones to record when we're at the forum. I think you sold me on getting one of those. So hopefully uh, we'll have one of those in front of you when we're talking to you down in Austin. But if we don't have the privilege of putting a microphone in front of you, there's so many other ways that people can get a hold of us. They can reach out to us on Twitter. I can be found at, at Chris Boyer. And Reed, you can be found at, at Reed Smith on Twitter. We, get, we got LinkedIn. We got Facebook. We even have our website for this podcast. What's the website again, Reed? Yes, touchpointpodcast.com. And you can find us there. You can find all the previous episodes, the show notes, the former recommendations, all that kind of good stuff. So we look forward to hearing from you. Look forward to uh, uh, having you follow along. Please, again, uh, through Twitter, LinkedIn, your preferred method of communication, reach out to us. Give us recommendations for future topics. He is Chris Boyer. I'm Reed Smith. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you next week.